Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. I'm Elizabeth Hole. I'm Stacy Vanskank. I'm Cindy Walker. And I'm Kim Hairstead. Today, on this episode, we're going to talk about property taxes. <laughs> And we have a special guest with us today who's extra special to me, Mr. Sean Hole, my husband, who uh, was a property appraiser in the county for 10 years or more. So we're going to ask you some questions about property taxes. What can people expect in regards to the property taxes when they purchase a new home? Well, the short answer to that is uh, you can expect them to go up. If the previous homeowner has ever or had a... Uh, save our homes cap on their property or a homestead on the property, the longer they've had it, the larger the gap between the just value, which is the actual value on the property, and the assessed cap value, which is arbitrarily held back by law. By law, that cap value can only increase by 3%. So as you can see, the longer you live in a capped home, the larger that gap gets. The only way the state has a recovery in that gap is when somebody sells the house. So when somebody that has a homestead sells their home, the new owner's taxes go from the previous capped amount to now the market value. So you can ex expect an increase. There are some times where it doesn't involve an increase where it actually goes down, and that usually is with properties that do not have a homestead on it. Because then they do apply they, the homestead. So if you're purchasing a property that may have been an investment property before. Correct. Or a second home. Or right, a second, second home. home. Exactly. Uh, correct. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can expect you can get, at the very least, a $500 reduction off of your taxes based on that homestead being applied. You know, something that's really important to us, you know, as all of us being loan officers at the table, but even Van Dyke Mortgage, we set our clients up to succeed, not to fail. So what we do is we're going to estimate the taxes when someone is uh, making an offer or under contract to purchase a new home. We don't want them to have an escrow shortage. We don't want to have them an increase in payments. So can you explain to us... How does someone calculate what the new taxes are going to be, and where do you find this information? Well, most any or all of the property appraiser's office should have some something on their website to walk you through this process. It's There's a little bit of math involved with that. Um, first, you would have to know what the just value or the market value of that property is. Then you would, if that person's going to be getting a homestead, you would less out the, the amount from the homestead exemption. And then you have to know what taxing district they're in and what millage is applied to the property taxes. And then you just take that millage and multiply mm -hmm. by the value and that'll give you an estimate of what your taxes are gonna be. Do some of them have calculators on their website to put all that together for you? I have not seen one that doesn't yet. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. You know, I had a realtor and a buyer arguing with me when I told them what the estimated taxes are. I literally got in my car and drove down to Pasco County Property Appraiser's office and walked in I said, can you show me this and tell me if I'm right? So something I learned when I went there for Pasco County for the value, you take 85% of the purchase price. Yes. In my 24 years in business, I didn't know that was the number they used. So it was kind of like a cheat. Mm -hmm. And then you put the homestead and the save our homes, and that calculation might be a little bit high, but it's better to be too high than too low. Correct. Right. Yeah, because yeah, if you use the sales price, you're grossly overestimating. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. Well, and the other thing that comes into that that really most people aren't aware is a fee appraiser, when you go to get an appraisal, they look at the most recent sales. They don't generally go back farther than three months in sales. 
Um, if they do, they have to explain through an addendum why they're using such an old sale. Whereas mm -hmm. a property appraiser has to use the entire year's worth of sales. And as we know, markets can change sure. within months. Wow, I didn't know right. that. And so you can go through several different market increases or decreases in one year. But nice. as a property appraiser, right. you have to consider all of those yeah. sales. Right, so for what we year. do for so our loans, average. right, so what we do for our loans is fee appraising. And what they do on a county level is mass appraising. Yeah. So there's the difference between, mm -hmm. you know, at least the verbiage Crazy. difference between Interesting. Now, let me ask you this question. So what if someone wants to dispute their property taxes? Is that something they can do? And how would someone go about disputing their taxes? Um, well, you cannot dispute your taxes in the state of Florida. Okay. What you can dispute is the value of your property. Um, rule number one is if you go before a VAB and the Value Adjustment Board, that's what VAB stands for, uh, that's who you dispute your value through. If you go in there and argue taxes, you're going to lose right off the jump. Um, all you're there to do is dispute whether the property appraiser has a just value on your property and whether that just value is accurate. So that's how you would go about it. You would dispute it, you would set up a VAB hearing, and then by law, the property appraiser, due to the sheer volume of properties they have to deal with each and every year, are considered and presumed correct on their values. The burden of proof falls on the homeowner. So the homeowner essentially has to do an appraisal of their property. Okay. That's a very tough burden because any sales that they get to use as comps, the property appraiser has already used them. They've already been there, you know. So it's a tough thing to do to, to, to win at a value adjustment board. And generally, most property appraisers, if there is a valid reason that your value is incorrect, they're going to change it based on that, that reason. Um, but so, people still try. So checking things like, do they have your square footage right? Or do they, you know, different from maybe your neighbors whose house is exactly the same? Is that, because you say don't uh, fight mm. the taxes, what would you? Well, we get, we used to get that quite often, especially in subdivisions where we call them cookie cutter homes, where you, know, you only have mm -hmm. yeah, three or four different models to choose from. But from the outside, two houses may look completely identical. Their floor plans may be identical. But one may have gold faucets, gold toilets, and the other one doesn't. You know, they may one may be way or farther upgraded than than the other. So these kinds of intricacies come into to the valuation process. It's not as easy as, as comparing taxes to neighbors. Uh, I always suggested to people that they try not to do that because it will they'll go down a rabbit hole that they yeah. won't be able to get well, out Well, that's of. what I was going to ask you is if in your disputing your property taxes, could you put yourself in a worse position? Could it end up coming back to bite you doing that? No. Especially no, if you have that gold no. toilet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want a gold toilet. No, typically I have never I have never seen where, where their values were increased after a value adjustment board hearing. So, no, that generally doesn't come back to bite you. It's just in order to disprove it, more often than not, you're going to have to do it through a factual error that the property appraiser made on your property. You can do it through sales. I've seen it happen. But again, typically any sales that you come to bear or try to use to justify your estimate of value, that property appraiser has already seen and considered those sales as part of the valuation process. So is anyone exempt from paying property taxes? And how do they go about doing that to get be exempt? There are people that can be 100% exempt from paying ad valorem taxes. Um, typically, these people are 100% disabled, uh, quadriplegics, paraplegics, hemiplegics, 
um, people of those nature or in those scenarios, they can be 100% exempt. Uh, there are also 100% uh, or permanently disabled veterans and their spouses are also or can be 100% uh, exempt, exempt from, from, from taxes. But the best thing to do would be to go to your local property appraiser's office and see what exemptions are out there and available to you. Even if you can't be 100% exempt, there are other exemptions that can further reduce from the homestead. You know, there are widowers exemptions, a lot of them. you got agricultural exemptions, which are generally more for rural properties, not subdivisions. Mm -hmm. But there are out there, and I implore people to at least go on the website mm -hmm. of the local property right. appraisal's yeah. office and see what may apply to you, because there are a lot out there. So you mentioned um, them being exempt from taxes, but there are some neighborhoods that have CDD taxes, and I don't believe those qualify under the exemptions, correct? Correct. You would, again, the best, best bet for anybody that has any questions is to contact your local property appraiser. From county to county, there are different exemptions that are offered, uh, and, and even city to city offer some different exemptions, senior exemptions and things of that nature. I just implore... Wherever you're moving or wherever you live, contact that property appraiser and see what exemptions apply to you. So, Sean, can you tell me, and I've had this come up quite often recently because I'm thinking COVID, people being around each other too much, getting divorced. They're, the homestead portability, how does that work? Because, like, if you own a home right now, you're buying another home. Just number one, how does the how does it work to transfer that portability from that house to the house that you're buying? That's a great question, and it, it's it's a little complex. There's some math involved in it, and really a lot of it depends on whether the new home you're purchasing is more valuable than the home you previously owned. If say you have a two hundred and fifty thousand just value, which is the property appraisers speak for market value, mm -hmm. um, and let's say they've had a cap for several years, so their assessed cap value is only at one hundred and fifty thousand. Well, now you have a hundred thousand dollar gap between what you're being taxed on and what the actual value is. Mm -hmm. Now, say you buy a new house for four hundred thousand, you would take that one hundred and fifty, subtract it from the two hundred and fifty, you get that hundred thousand dollar difference that is what gets ported over to the new property. You would oh. subtract that from the $400,000 and now your new cap value starts out at 300,000 on that property. So it's not as much as a lot of people think it is. Well, no, but the more important thing is that cap is there and, yes. and, and it starts right away. So it just depends on the values and how long and how large that gap is. It sure. can be big, but there are limits as to how, how much, much 500000 currently is the limit on how much you can port over. Okay. And isn't there a time limit? You have, to, you have to apply for your homestead within three years of purchasing your new property. If you don't apply within three years, then you don't get the portability. And how does it work? Um, because like I said, I've had a lot of people contacting me recently in divorce situations. If a, one of the spouses is keeping the homestead of property and another spouse is wanting to take their share and, and put it in a new house they're purchasing. Now that does is done on a percentage. 50 /50? Yeah, that's done on a percentage basis. Okay. Uh, I'm not exactly positive, but I, I'm pretty sure the 50-50 is, is right about there. Okay. One person gets to keep half of the cap on their, on the existing property, mm -hmm. and the other person, as long as it's a property in Florida, mm -hmm. gets to port over 50% of that, that cap over there. 
Now, if you're if you're buying a home and the new home is less valuable, say you're downsizing, you've got mm -hmm. no kids anymore, you had a 3,500 square foot house and now you want to go to a condo. That math is a little bit differently. Uh, you're still working with the difference as you were before, but instead of just taking that $100,000 difference, let's use the same $250,000 and $150,000 uh, assessed value. Mm -hmm. That leaves that same $100,000 difference. Now, instead of just porting that over because it's a lesser value new property, what you have to do is you have to take that $100,000, divide it by the original just value of $250,000. In this particular case, it would give you a ratio of 0.4%. You would take that 0.4, multiply it by the new value. Say the new house was, or the new condo was only worth $200,000. So instead of porting over $100,000, you would be porting over $80,000. So the new cap value on that property would go, drop down to $120,000. Gotcha. So it gets a little more complicated when you're going down. So hence why you, you need to sit down with somebody at the property Trying to figure this out for yourself would be very difficult. Yeah, it be but it's good to, to know that you yes. can do that. Yes. So a lot of people aren't aware of this. I mean, it's good to know that you can take that Save Our Homes cap, put it on a new house so you're not paying crazy amount of high amounts. real estate taxes and if you have questions definitely we can help call the property appraiser's office i mean there's a, so much involved the most important things about the homestead exemption are a getting it as yes. soon as you purchase that property Huge. the next Don't thing wait. you should be doing is going right down to a property appraiser's office and filing for that homestead exemption the other thing that most people don't take into account is these values, when a property appraiser assigns a value to your property, are as of January 1 of that year. A lot can transpire between January 1 and November when you get your trim notice or, or you know, September yeah. when the trim right. notices mm -hmm. come out. So, you know, people feel like the, the market has crashed, okay? And why aren't my property values reflecting that? Mm -hmm. Well, they're not reflecting it because... That didn't happen on January 1st of that year. Right. And There's everything. a huge lull. Right. Yep. Correct. And they pay taxes in arrears, and it comes up the year after. That's what a lot of people get confused. Yes, for sure. Well, it's it's it, it's almost a year after. Mm -hmm. if, if, for say, this year, when you get your trim notice, mm -hmm. that's based on what the property value was worth at January 1 this year. Right. Not a, you know, not so necessarily. eight months is Right. Correct. A lot of market has transpired between mm -hmm. when it got valued and when that trim notice came out. Mm -hmm. And, again, that sheer volume that the property appraiser, each property appraiser in residential areas typically is responsible for anywhere from 13 to 15,000 properties that they have to value that each is. and every year. That's where, hence, the uh, presumption of correctness comes in mm -hmm. because of the sheer volume they have to deal with. Um, yeah. But the most important thing, get that homestead. Yeah, yes. it is I so important. Tell them that. Absolutely. They, but a lot of people don't understand that when you get your bill and you pay it in November, it's paying the taxes of the previous year. So I get buyers calling me a, a year and a half later going, why did my taxes go up? Because they don't understand that they're paying the taxes from the year before mm -hmm. when they close. Mm -hmm. Well, and when they purchase the house, typically they're purchasing it after January 1. Right. They're not making right. that purchase and they're paying on January the buyer, 1. The seller's they're paying taxes their, right now. Right. And right. then that following year, that following January, is when their, their old homeowner's home say comes off 
and the property values now, the assessed value matches the the just value, the market value. And right, they've they had amnesia during that time. <laughs> yes, right. they, they have. Yes, yes, they that's have. almost two years later. It's almost from two when, years right. later, and they go, "Why did my right. mortgage payment jump up four hundred dollars?" They forget right. that we told them this is where their taxes were going to be. It's a long time that transpires between that that homestead coming off and them realizing the full the full amount, value, right. yeah, full amount of their taxes for that next correct, year. Correct. Well, that was a lot to unpack. It is but a I lot. think we all learned something <laughs> oh here today. Gosh, oh, Even I didn't I live with this guy. Yeah. You know, so I'm just saying uh, thank lot. you so much for uh, you. Yes. sharing some Absolutely. of your knowledge with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mortgage Chicks. And don't forget, you can listen to us on where you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. You can watch us on our YouTube channel, Mortgage Chicks with Hot Tips. And if you have any questions or ideas for topics, please email us at mortgagechicks at bandikemortgage.com. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs>